Hey everybody, happy Sunday. I'm sorry I didn't get enough announcements out today. Hang on one second. Hey everybody, happy Sunday. I'm um I'm sorry I didn't get a lot of announcements out today. I haven't been feeling well all day and I didn't even know if I was gonna be up to doing it doing this today, but uh, I just decided within the last twenty minutes to do this so I got as many announcements out as I could as far as Facebook goes and I'm uh, sorry if you're on the mailing list. The normal mailing list for the shows, you didn't get one. It's because I didn't put one out today. Anyway, welcome. And uh, we're going to be reading again from Mara Muter's The Book of Buried Letters. Uh, we're towards the end of the book where uh, she's gone through as an adult and found a lot of her letters. And, and she has them listed in this book. For those of you on TikTok, welcome. I appreciate you coming. My name is Charlotte. I'm going to be your host for the next hour. I'm also the owner of the California Haunts Paranormal Investigation Team. Based on, uh, it's really hot in here. Based out of Sacramento, California. We are uh, 45 strong up and down the state, and that means if you think you have a paranormal need, we can get to you. It might take us a while, but we can get to you. California is a big state. Anyway, if you're watching from Facebook today and you like what you see in here, please be sure to hit that follow button and leave me a happy face, thumbs up, hearts, whatever. Because what that does is it moves us up and down and up higher in that FYP and gets us distributed out to more people. Same thing with YouTube. Uh, happy face, smile, you know, subscribe. Subscribe, 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 because we're always looking for followers. And if you're new and you're watching and you happen to come across me, if you're watching from TikTok, please please hit that follow button. Uh, we do this every Sunday. Uh, this is the California Haunts Paranormal Investigation Team radio show. We broadcast Sunday through Friday. But on Sundays, we read from a paranormal-themed or fantasy book. Uh, that way it kind of gets people relaxed. They can have dinner, sit back, and, and listen, listen to someone reading to them. You know, it kind of starts the week out good. Right for everybody, so that's what we do every Sunday. I do have a goal of 50 lollipops, so if uh, you don't have to, but if you if you think you like the show and stuff and like me, please uh, you know you can donate if you want. There's no requirement. The only thing I ask over on TikTok is I am looking for likes because I'm trying to build myself up on on the FIP on TikTok. So if you could tap that screen for me, I'd really appreciate it. Uh, the more likes, the merrier. You know, I'd, I'd really appreciate it if you do that for me. Even double tap the screen. Okay. So we're continuing today with Marin Muter's Book of Buried Letters, and like I said, we're towards the end of the book. Um, we've gone through the, the, the main meat and potatoes of the story, but she's gone back as an adult, and she's um, found these, th these things that she's buried. That's where you get the buried letter things. And so it was, it's, it's a selection of her thoughts growing up and poems that she's written. Okay? And if we finish this... What I'm going to do is there's a book that's a follow-up on this, and it has to do with past lives. So I'm going to go ahead and call that up after we get done with this. You know, depends what time we end. It's going to be for about an hour, and we'll continue with that book. But I think you guys will find it interesting. I learned a lot about my good friend. I've known Marin for a, a few years now, and just by reading this book, I, I, I learned so much about her. I want to welcome everybody over on TikTok, Facebook, everywhere. We are broadcasting on TikTok. We're broadcasting on Facebook. We're broadcasting on Twitch. We're broadcasting on YouTube today. We're live. And uh, if you if you do have a paranormal need, and I forgot to say this earlier, you can find us on Facebook under California Haunts. You can find us. Don't you hate it when you call it as a clip, right? Um, you, you can find us on Twitch under Cal Haunts. You can find us on TikTok under California Haunts. You can find us on YouTube under California Haunts Radio or California Haunts. Or you can find us under um, Instagram under uh, I think, yeah, Ghosty Gal. That's all lowercase. I think I got everybody, right? Also, for you guys over on TikTok, if you're interested in hearing the regular show 
uh, like I said, Sunday through Friday, we read, we have different guests. So Sunday is our, our day to read from a book. Uh, Monday through Friday, we are reading, you know, we are uh, having guests on from all over the paranormal, uh, all different topics. In fact, this week coming up, we're going to have a special um, space one where we're going to be talking to people that have been abducted by aliens. We're going to be talking to scientists. We're going to be talking about UAPs. We're going to be talking about a little bit of everything with that. So if you're interested in that thing, check us out. Uh, Monday through Friday this week, that's what we're going to be talking about on the show. Okay, so that being said, uh, let's get this going. Let me have a little drink. It's not so much hot right now because I'm in California. It's the humidity right now. Stuff we're not used to over here in California. <laughs> and it's hot. It's just sticky hot. Okay. So I am going to be reading today, but again, you guys, if, if, if you like what you see, please tap that screen. Um, you know, I, I'm looking for uh, likes to build myself up on the F, FYP on TikTok, okay? So help me out. Same thing with Facebook and all those other places. Help me out uh, with tapping the screen. Um, I think you'll like these poems. People last week liked them you know, when I read them off last week. So, uh, yeah. So, uh, yeah, we'll get started here. All right, without further ado, the uh, Book of Berry Letters. Here we go. Dear Flower Lady. Uh-oh. You know what I did? I flipped up the wrong spot. Uh-oh. Hang on a second. I got a problem. Sometimes it flips. There we go right here. Sometimes it flips up weird on me. Okay, so here we go. And please, uh, TikTok, please, uh, if, you, if, if you feel like tapping on that screen, please tap on that screen. I would really appreciate it. Because like I said, the, the more likes, the better. Okay? All right, dear flower lady, sometimes all that was needed was a bit of fresh air to calm the feeling of waiting. That one? Yeah. Next one. Dear flower lady, today the sun broke through the clouds and it glowed like an apricot against the sky. I will remember to share this afternoon with you someday when we meet. I will give you apricots or make you a basket of fresh fruit and cookies. Do you like dried dates in December? They're like candy. Dear Flower Lady, as I lay in the yard in the summertime, I could feel like I picked up right where I was before, that I am the same me. I am connected to me. I am connected to me yesterday and all the yesterdays. I am connected to me tomorrow and all the tomorrows. I am connected to them all right now. All the tiny, tiny moments, and I can remember. I can remember happiness in the darkest and most beautiful bright white light that was all the colors and music and everything. I remember colliding to create the me that moves here. It was soft and warm. It thumped with the heart and jiggled with a smile. I remember the hum that purred with the breath. I remember because I'm still there. Pieces of me remain and are connected like breadcrumbs on the trail. Breadcrumbs that are already laid before the present me. Laid before my toes and behind my heels. Connecting it all together now. There's no tomorrow without yesterday. There's no yesterday without tomorrow. And so, as I am, I'm not here. Dear Flower Lady, October mists are my favorite. The colors behind them play. The songs and chatter from the woods greet the foraging day. In the evening, the fire sparks and cider steeps above, where hazelnuts crack and chestnuts roast, and moon floats like a dove. Dear Flower Lady, it's the raven that calls my name, that shifts my spirit to fly, that teaches me its songs. It's the raven I call Turkum who shares its eyes for me to see. 
to your father lady. We are doing dividing again in school. Well, an introduction to fractions and decimals. When I think of multiplying and dividing, I think about jumping forward and skipping backward, where plus and minus are walking forward and backward. But fractions make no sense the way we have them set up. I asked my teacher why there were so many leftovers, because that just makes math more of an estimation than it does an exact. Why should one-third, when changed to a decimal, have a forever number of threes after the decimal? But when we are learning to tell time, and one-third of a clock is a clean 20. Maybe the math we're doing is hard is because we aren't using the circle. And if we make the circle like an orb, then the math would be even more clean. But probably I'm just finding a way to get out of doing my work thinking about this. That's all for today. P.S. I miss you. Dear Flower Lady, Lava spewed in the east as a voice reminded them of the haunting beast. Death's long hand, it finds us all. So enjoy your life before you fall. Dear Flower Lady, The grass and ground absorb me. It is where... Everything just fell. <laughs> it is where I bend right in. I spread, I spread to the trees. I die with the bees, and I catch the wind before me. From there, the current catches me, to the clouds and space above, to where the universe opens, and the feeling is only love, floating. Dear Flower Lady, lady the notes on thoughts of the DNA's DNA. Do you like my pen? The tip is tiny, so I can write neater. Today, I laid in the clover. The bees buzzed around, and tiny moss skipped around all beside me. I looked at their tiny wings and the petals of the clovers, and I also picked a bunch of clover. After the bees got their honey, to suck on them. I love that flavor. I love that flavor of the secret that is hidden in plain sight. That is what made me think of the Nova Show. My dad was watching on DNA. DNA is a string of cells that make us who we are. They're tiny, but scientists are exploring them. But there is something more powerful than that DNA. It's the DNA inside further. The structure of it makes sense. Like the universe, the universes that are made up of a fabric. The cell has a has a power plant that feeds it, so it would be the so it would be the the, the mitochondria's recipe. So if this is the case, then maybe it's not just the recipe for physical characteristics that the Nova program spoke about once, that we could program and we want our kids to look like. But maybe it's the kind of it's kind of like food of sorts for the cells and are what cause cancer or transforms things like cancer, which is the disease that is talked about in Brian's song. I wonder why he sat in such hot water to feel better. When I was imagining the cancer cells last night, I think that is where the transfer is that it, spread, is that it spreads it, in the silk fibers of the moths, that is food to the larger DNA. My hand, holder of the future, full of hopes and dreams, scarred with defeat, Decorated with success, warm and soft, it holds my life. Dear Flower Lady, when you lay in bed, plug your ears and hum. Hum and feel the waves. They spread everywhere and nowhere. Take long, big breaths so you can hum for a long breath. You can hum high and you can hum low. You can find the hum that makes you disappear like a warm hug glow. Dear Flower Lady, the sun set against the misty sky, shattering the light before my eye. To witness silence, the beauty break. It is almost all one can take. Directed to the connection zone, we stand in awe. We're not alone, Marin.
Dear Flower Lady, today we're talking about control. From my observations with those around me, I find control or a lack of control to be quite limiting and, and offers a direct effect to those around them. Rituals and patterns, typically, you can find creatures of habit or those who lack control. Because when they have the, the same schedules and the same routines, it helps create a sense of control. Ultimately, in our lives, we have no control over what happens to us. And we all end up in the same place in the end, no matter what we have achieved or accomplished. When a person becomes more rigid, they become more dominating and control more and more. When they cling to this control, their lives actually become more chaotic as they keep grabbing at things outside their own. This shows them over and over they have no control. And they become angry in their words or physical actions. They never settle down. They also revert to patterning, focusing on goals and mile markers. When they don't get their way, their actions seem patient. But the loss of control steams inside until they snap. The closet is my escape away from the control outbursts. It comes to a point that no matter how much an apology someone gives, it no longer counts because the words are just error. Gaining control, true control, is to know there is nothing to control. There's nothing to grasp. So you don't have to let go of anything because you're already there inside the hump. Just let it drape and drip over your heart and soul. Dear Flower Lady, there is a difference in love, a calm union. One like the flowers and autumn leaves. The winter's hibernation with a hope and tenderness prepared for life's harsh cycle once more. Love is in a flash. It's a mysterious depth. Dear Flower Lady, cancer has been on my mind. I don't really know what it is exactly, but when I read the book Brian's song, when I, it gave me a name to what I saw. My sister likes back rooms. She's almost six years older than, I, than me and pays me a quarter to get back rooms. I like it because it is quiet and peaceful. She lets me listen to John Denver in her room, sometimes, sometimes too, or look at her little dolls. A few weeks ago, I was giving her a back room by the fire in the family room when my dad was watching Sunday morning with Charles Corral. It was different, though. When I gave her a back room, I like to imagine... When I give her a back room, I'd like to imagine the energy of blood flowing into my hands like a magnet. And when they move, her muscles and blood follow and move like a warm salt ocean of clouds. But this day was different. She felt different. There was a tricky area that wasn't the same. It had a slightly different energy. It was a cell persona. So I kept returning to the spot, and she got frustrated with me a little. Marin, finish the back room. So I did, but not very happily because my mind was stuck trying to figure out what was wrong. And it wasn't a tight muscle. It was a different energy. Then it came to me a few days ago. She has cancer. She was in the shower when I told her, and she told me she was never going to talk to me again for saying something like that. I told her because I didn't want her to die. I would rather have it so she doesn't. She doesn't believe me, and neither does my mom, that she hasn't. But I told them it's the only recipe part of the cells, and it hasn't fed them yet. They think I'm crazier than they thought I already was. I hope I'm wrong. Dear Flower Lady, without eyes to find ourselves, we would just be. We would just be. We would be natural and blend into the hum. We would just be. But it's hard not to go look at what others see when they say things. I like my life without the mirror better. I like just being. It is too hard to be what it's supposed to be in the mirror. Love, Marin. Dear Flower Lady, 
I overheard one of the popular girls talk about her new pair of blue jeans. They all seemed so taken in by them. I got the nerve to walk up to her and ask her what kind of pants she had, and she looked at me and said, Duh, guess. How am I supposed to know what kind they are if I have to guess? Then last week I was at the shopping mall with my mom to get a birthday gift and walked by a store that had guess blue jeans. I felt so silly. That's all for today, Marin. A pencil without erasure still writes. Dear Flower Lady, To exercise obsessively in the pool or gym is dangerous. It is disconnecting from nature. Be outside, run with naked feet and the breath of the trees. Be with the earth and drink the bird song. Dear Flower Lady, I thought of an observation. It seems to me that to always look at the positive side of things it's almost as bad as looking at the negative. The things, whatever they are, are not solid enough. They're two-sided. They're not two-sided. They hold on always being sunny, or an Oscar the Grouch serves no purpose for anything good. It is destructive to the person themselves and to those around them. It is important to allow the thoughts and feeling to move through you. Your body is not solid at the molecular state and doesn't hold on to those things, these things. It is our ego that does. Always looking for the bright side or the negative side discounts the whole. It minimizes your feelings and those feelings around you. So the feeling of wholesomeness, of wholeness within the hum is pushed aside. What do you think? Dear Flower Lady, No one ever promises you a rose garden. That's what the saying on my dad's wall says. When I was little, we flew kites. The weather would turn and the rains would come in. The ocean was unpredictable and dangerous one day and calm the next. But we flew kites and looked up in the mist. What is love? Is it making people do things they don't want to do because it will put hair on your chest? I never told anyone this, but I don't like water. I have learned since I was young to get into the water and ignore the feelings. But I love the rain. I love the rain in the brook. The water is happy. Watching the ocean, the water is happy. Even when it's rough and wild. But a swimming pool isn't. The water in the sink and bathtub isn't free. Is water alive? When it is trapped in the pool, does it get depressed? Like Shamu. It's like going to swim practice. The water, who is filled with chlorine and burns your eyes, who is sad because it is, it is stuck in the pool. Shamu is stuck swimming in a tiny circle. Shamu doesn't even get the chance to play in the ocean or stretch out like the bird's flight. I think water is happier in the brook. It talks to the energy of the forest and the desert. The water that is bogged that has thick sickness growing in it is dying too. It is decaying and being eaten with bacteria. It is part of the cycle of life. Does Shamu mean keeping him in a tank and not flying kites? Feeding him fish when he does what you want? Does Shamu feel loved? Does Shamu think that that's what love is? That love is going to swim practice. Oh, that love is going to swim practice and swimming painfully back and forth for hours for no real point? Is it not like working on a family garden where you get tired and dirty and sweaty, where you tend the plants and share the appreciation with the earth and the family for working together? Without swimming, you're not loved. That's what it feels like. So when you love someone or something, you push them to do things that after years becomes torturous? I know there are a lot of kids who like swimming. I like watching them to be able to jump in the pool and talking with their friends. I always wonder how they do it. 
It is so curious for me to watch them. I try to learn how they can do it. I tried asking my, my older sister how she does it. And she just said, it's not a big deal. Just get in the water. I hug the wall behind the blocks, hoping to blend into it. But my parents are there, and they watch me. They love me. They want the best for me. My dad signals for me to get in, and I nod and cry in my goggles so no one else sees me. Is this what love is? I can learn discipline and resilience by learning and exploring the world around us. That's all for today. I love you like the trees. Love the earth and the bird. Dear Flower Lady, I'm sorry, I skipped it. Dear Flower Lady, I love you like the trees, love the earth, and the birds love the song. Dear Flower Lady, sometimes I wonder if there's something wrong with me. Often myself slips into an opening somewhere in the realm of my mind. The opening is always moving to, a diff to different locations under a different, or under different circumstances. From what I have observed over the years, there are several different degrees to the openings. I can feel the shift as if it were a change in elevations. Not just, no, not that my ears pop, but it's something like pressure that signals you mirror elsewhere. In several of these stages, I'm able to look upon my body as if I were outside it. This includes my thoughts and memories. If someone were to look inside, they may classify me as having multiple personalities, but I do not. I am in meditation. My spirit is the same spirit, just visiting altered states. Like I am the same me in the Grand Canyon. In several of these stages, I'm able to look upon my body. Oh, I'm sorry. It just went down that way. Grand Canyon, and I am the same me at the beach or in the mountains. I may act a bit differently in those locations depending on the weather or if I'm nervous. Or if, oh, I'm sorry. And the weather, if I'm nervous of the water or fearful of heights, that I'm that, still me. As I write this, I'm currently in such a phase or state in my mind. Entering this first phase is letting the world pass through you, like poking thousands of small holes in a plug and water hose, and gently allowing the water to release its pressure as it drips back into the earth. For me, the first time this phase was a given sort of recognition was when we watched a movie at school where a baby monkey had two metal moms in a stark room. One mom has fur and was warm. The other mom had an exposed metal body but it had the nipple to drink the milk. It dawned on me I was acting in a similar fashion when entering meditation at a very young age. My meditation was the warmth and comfort, and my life was the nipple. It's interesting to connect this with the first level of meditation, love. To enter it is allowing love and compassion to consume me as a whole, as if it is protecting the peace of spirit that is tethered in my mind. It is removing words to describe the views passing through your eyes and the sensations over your skin. It is letting them be as they are, with no labels. Love and compassion are almost like an entity in their own, but still a part of you. It is like entering your bed, soft and warm, with a blanket as heavy as yourself was press pressing upon you like a hug. Once this sensation begins, my body seems almost numb, almost as if it's, uh, it is disappearing into the air. But it's not exactly numb because I've learned to go about my daily activities like school and swimming or pouring drinks for dinner while slipping into this feeling. Of course, when this feeling first began, it was only when I was in my bed or laying in the ray of sun through the window. It felt so wonderful that even at age three or four, I'd wait patiently all day to try and find it when I lay in the sun beside the fire. 
I enjoyed the feeling so much I began practicing recreating it on my own and learned to keep it with me. This was the first step into a living meditation. It wasn't anything extravagant or counting stairs or soft music with a melodic voice guiding me. It was something very simple and natural. It's a state of being that is the depth of all the feelings. But one day I got into bed and began overthinking. What was the first word? Who chose an apple to be an apple? How far could my mind go into space? All three questions began a sort of trance, a meaningless chant. Apple, 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 and so on. The sound vibration began to ebb and flow like a tide pulling in the sunset, darkening into black, sinking into the abyss of space, dotting the stars, and venturing out, 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 out into the farthest space, farther and farther. My spirit and the increasing edges of the universe converged. I was space. Space was me. My heart slowed to almost stop. It was almost to the point of no return. I was getting stuck outside this body. I had to come back. I forced my hand to move, to feel the covers, and I returned. I knew my physical body didn't go anywhere, but I also knew I had. But how was that possible? It was a few months before I tried it again. I was almost afraid of it. Almost afraid I wouldn't make it back. But I went, this time moving my thoughts slower. I stared into my eyes to find the surface of the moon. If you lean into the mirror and really look into your eyes for a while, strange things happen. The rest of the room melts away and so does your face. Excuse my allergies. They kind of pulse from big to blurry to small and tight to blurry all while your, all while your eyes stare back at you. I can change the interior of my eyes by changing my central emotion within my heart, my spirit without changing facial expression. I did this for what seemed like an hour. Without changing facial expression, my body had dissipated into the hum, along with all the surroundings. I could change what was happening behind my eyes. Okay, I got sidetracked. Well, I actually fell asleep while writing this. It's funny how sometimes things seem important, but after a while they get pushed aside for something else, like a nap. Meditation has the ability to walk, talk, learn, just as if I weren't in it. In order for me to reach, out, reach the next phases, I need to be in phase one. Over the years, I have learned to slip into meditation very easily to help me ground. The times I cannot enter are times when I'm jealous of others, spiteful, obsessive, hateful, and resentful. Those feelings... I just got lost. I'm sorry. Okay. Those, those feelings are very self-sabotaging and only create negative outcomes for me. Entering one of the second phase, which are several different spaces but can't be entered at the same time, I have to release the clench on the world around me. The clench of supposed to. I cannot go in wanting to fix things. I actually cannot. I cannot fix what other people think. I cannot fix or control what is actually going on around me. Because when I try to control these things, it's actually just trying to control my mind. If I am to be the hum, everything that is going around me is me. I cannot fix if a chair breaks beneath me. I cannot fix if I lose a race. I cannot fix if I slip on the pool deck or if I get stung by a bee. I cannot fix having it rain on an expected sunny day. I cannot fix the fears of this face. If I were to teach myself, I'll be at peace when or 
I'll be at peace when I get to the right award. I'll be at peace when I get to the right grade. I'll be at peace when I get to the right haircut. I'll be at peace when I'm only setting myself up for disappointment. I can only give myself peace within my own spirit. That is why the state of being is like floating in nature. If you like what you hear, be sure to tap, double tap that screen. Same thing with Facebook and everywhere else. Be sure to hit those like buttons. And uh, let me double check something over here real fast, you guys. Oh, we're still on the air. Good sign. Uh, you never know. Okay, so we're going to continue with this. Uh, this is uh, the Book of Buried Letters by Mary Muter, and these are selected poems that she wrote, selected poems and, and things that she wrote as, uh, as a child. So again, if you like what you hear, please, please tap that screen, double tap that screen. Dear Flower Lady, Sometimes it was all that was needed, a bit of fresh air to calm the feeling of confinement. And so it was. They lay together allowing the electricity to speak, feeding themselves from the earth's energies, bonding without words, disappearing into the hum. I'm ready. Dear Flower Lady, I think trees communicate with each other. The whispering of the trees, I don't think means the wind in the branches. I think they actually have a consciousness. I remember digging around the garden beneath the bushes and trees when I was looking for a place to mail my letters. And the roots were like netting. I don't know why this came to mind today, but there was a lot of stuff going on. It was almost like I exposed some of their secrets. I remember feeling as though they were talking to each other and to me. I touched them softly and apologized for disrupting them. I didn't bury anything there, but I did go back to say hello often. Love, Mary. Dear Flower Lady, Today I'm running again on DNA. The question for today touches on the development of DNA. I wonder if it is set or can our influences change it? And can those changes continue to the next generation as a new or clean set point? I'm running today in regard to genes. When a baby or embryo is in the tummy, it is going through amazing programming, kind of like setting the program for a Broadway play. Behind the scenes of this program, there are thousands of little details from the brush of paint to voice projections, to seating and announcements. If, let's say, one of those brush strokes is made when the painter is startled, it changes the width, length, depth, and pattern of the stroke, and then it influences those strokes around it, at least the appearance of those strokes. And so goes the DNA. The slight environmental variations create small modifications during development, which embed themselves while creating a new variation of the DNA and then it becomes an inherited trait. Maybe it's a trait which causes the plant or animal to startle even sooner or easier. Maybe it creates a happier outlook or greater pessimism. Because this new or altered trait continues in that life, so the next reproduction of it, it may carry on, through the next reproduction it may carry on and on until alteration occurs to lessen or increase the variant. This could be why Insanity can be carried from one to another, even if the immediate environment or parent doesn't behave so. It can skip generations until triggered by an event or environmental influence. People could pick a mate to more and more to doing more and more people will become prettier and prettier in certain areas. I wonder if a person who comes from a poor area and was raised in wealth and a child of privilege, raised in poverty, poverty would turn out to have the same personality traits as they would have otherwise. Because people from different areas have different needs for their survival. And over time, those traits of survival have been influenced 
that would be interesting. Dear Flower Lady, a fresh breeze touched the leaves above, pushing away the stark neg dark negativity. Sun broke through, exposing life below, awakening the breath. Cautiously, a smile grew within, protected by the living leather of flesh. Circling songs, invited sanguinity, lifting it. The girl in the heart came out. Feeling life, planting wildflowers, baking bread, sensing home, come. A low rumble moved in the distance, sneaking forward at a great speed. Nitrogen effect, the frozen heart. Life shattered, evaporating dust. The chest left empty. Dear flower lady, it is not a closet when the door it is not a closet when the door shuts. It is home to wondrous creatures. When the door closes its walls, dissipate. All around me, mountains and forests, sandy beaches and oceans and deserts. The sky comforts my mood. It rains when I cry, and it's beautiful today. Dear Flower Lady, in order to find quiet, mischievousness is necessary because that is where reflection is born. I am born. Dear Flower Lady, I know I'm not like the others. I know I'm not as smart. I know I have trouble not having a daydream mind. But I learn things in my mind. I'm not lonely in my mind. Dear Flower Lady, I like tea with honey, and I like the rain of the sun. I like hot chocolate and fires in the fireplaces, and sitting real close. I like to close my eyes and go far away. I'm also always getting into mischief. I like that too. The sun broke through the clouds and it was glorious. If it were always sunny, we would be blind. Dear Flower Lady, Yesterday I taped the monarch's chrysaliuses on the wall across from my window. The tape isn't actually touching the chrysaliuses because first I tied a thread to the little black feet that were once part of the caterpillar. They're still emerald green with beautiful gold dots. After school, I came directly to my room and shut the door. When the door shuts, the world changes. The trees sway against the sky, birds fly by the window to peek in, and my physical body bends into the scenery of my antique yellow room. My spirit releases itself into the confines of the tangible. Journals, 1985-1989 If you guys like what you hear, be sure to hit that like button. Be sure to tap that screen. Tap, tap, tap. I'm looking to build up my likes. I really appreciate you to do that. Um, you don't have to donate anything, but if you feel the need to do so, please do so. That would be great. Help me keep my show on the air. But I welcome everybody. I, I, I would like to get some more followers. So Facebook, TikTok, and YouTube, if you haven't done so already and you want to, give us a follow because we don't only read on Sunday. We have a regular talk show during the week where we talk with uh, fascinating guests from the paranormal world. And now we're reading from Erin Muters, the Book of Berry Letters, and these are her journals from when she was growing up. Journals, 1985 to 89. Swim. To stand along the swimmer's edge, toes wrapped to brace. The fear of water is not one that shows upon my face. It hurts to get my body wet, to jump slowly in. For minutes I walk the water's tees, a prism to hear begin. A hand upon my shoulders, encouraging the step. Inside it hurts, my skin it cries upon the water's depth. Dear Flower Lady, 
I bathed in the full moon at night on the roof. It was warm out, and I remembered sitting on the roof with my dad and watched fireworks a long time ago. Solitude is joy. Quiet resolution, a distant bird song. Dear Flower Lady, Sometimes I lay in bed with her if I would want to meet my real mom. I got allergies, I'm sorry, guys. But I don't know. But I wanted to be walking down the street and meet her, and she wouldn't know who I was. And I would open the door for her if she was going into a door. And she would say thank you. And I would say you're welcome. And my heart would whisper her a secret. And then I would go back to my mom and wonder if her heart whispers secrets to my brothers and sisters. I hope it does. Dear Flower Lady, I wish there was a way to reverse time. Sometimes it is a desperate feeling knowing you cannot. Dear Flower Lady, today I have an observation. I think I'm a pagan. In school they teach us we have five senses. But what if that's not true? What if what if we have more than has been measured? We're like plant we're like the plants. We give off smells to signal what is happening in our personal environment, both inside and out. Plants can think and remember, and they can communicate to the world around them. Our bodies do the same. I've noticed the scent changes in people around me, in their breaths and from their skin, not just sweaty armpit smell. This is what I've noticed. Did you know that breath and, breath and smell in the body of a human change according to illness, happiness, fear, and other emotions they are experiencing? So does a plant. The sweet smells are signs to other plants and animals that things are okay. But when the plant is hurt or consumed, they not only try to heal themselves with the scab, but they let off defensive scents. Plants have defense mechanisms. Poisons and thorns to try to keep predators away. They love music and soft whispers, and the gentle touch of animals, humans included. If we learn to listen through our bodies as a whole, not just our ears, we will find life. The secrets, the whispers, the communication between plant and animal. Dear God, I don't know what you are or if you are out there. I know you are a person and there isn't a place with streets lined with gold. A real God wouldn't make that. He wouldn't make stupid promises to some parts of the world or ignoring others. But people need to feel connected. Sometimes they use you to feel less guilty. I believe you're probably a part of all of us. The energy that binds the elements weaving us together. I know you want the answer to prayers, although I have prayed to you to help me not have nightmares. Do you know what I get in return? I get to explore, to travel the universe. I get to see inside the eyes around me. I put myself in their shoes. I try to learn what makes their feelings, choices, and actions. You know what I've learned? You're part of it all because you are the connector. We are all connected. If I hit someone, it makes them hurt and feel bad. Then their feelings affect the next person and so on. So the actions of fear actually fail. The actions of fear actually be based. Okay, I'm sorry. So the actions of fear could actually be based from a thousand people away. But we could also plant seeds of gentleness and send them out to possibly affect a thousand people away. Good luck to you out there. Dear Flower Lady, there was life. Simple and beautiful. The spring awoke with gentle song. For a moment she stood, the daffodils dispelling the surrounding world's wool, and for a moment her heart found peace. Dear Flower Lady, 
The more swimming is jammed down my throat, the more my mind shuts off. It is eight eight hours a day dedicated to working out or talking about exercise. The program in exercise and swimming separates me from the natural world. There's no time to be outside, to be in the woods, to feel the earth hum through your feet. Dear Flower Lady, I would rather not talk. I was a diver before I was a swimmer. I liked diving because I was the only one in the lesson and all the other kids were at swim practice. I didn't have to talk to them like I do now. In the locker room, they talked about swim practice and I was just get dressed. I still do this, but my parents think there's something wrong with me. When I try to be social, they think something is wrong with them too. They think something is wrong with me then too. I just want to build forts, plant gardens, share flowers, or climb pine trees and pop sap bubbles and taste the sap and smell the breath of the tree and feel like home. One time I was in the car with my older sister, her friend, and her friend's mom. I was in the front seat. They were talking, and it sounded just like noise. I just wanted it to be quiet. We were going to pizza, so I just casually said, words I can't pronounce, you're live. Let's just, okay? S, F, and D. You guys can figure that one out, okay? <laughs> the whole car got really quiet. Then the mom told me not to ever say those words again. And the car was quiet until we got to the pizza place. It worked like wonders, if I should say so myself. Dear Flower Lady, this is the story about when I was five. One Thursday, on Thursday afternoons, when the blue pushed through the organ mist, she... She and I would play in my room. We were about the same age, five. She was very quiet, not like the other kids I knew. She never left my couch. She always looked out the window or colored in her paper book with her own pencil. We never spoke with our mouth. It was like we heard each other's thoughts. When the sun began to set, she would somehow go home. She always waited for me to look down at my paper or out the far window away from hers and sneak away. An Englishman, whose design was after his parents' manner, sat, sat on one of the English countryside, had built the house a hundred years earlier. Winter began its approach to my sixth birthday, which also was its birthday, and that was the best part of the day. It being the shortest day of the year, and that the mint of the candy canes brightened the dark stars of the sky. It was a Thursday, so my friend was there. Brown, wispy curls, navy cardigan over her plaid dress with dark tights and pant leather Mary Janes. She requested something of me this time to find her mother, so I did. My friend wants to know where her mother is, I asked, standing next to the antique pull-out stovetop in the kitchen. What friend? My friend in the room. What friend in your room? My mother was looking at me like I'd fallen off a turnip truck. You know, my coloring friend in my room, on my couch. She kept looking at me. She always goes home when it starts to get dark. As I continued my description, my mother's face began to get pale. What did she want you to tell me? My mother sat at the kitchen table. She just wants to know where her mom is. I scratched at my white tights. Let me tell you a story. A long time ago, a family lived in this house, and there was a little girl about your age who was coming from school. My friend's image flashed as if she were right before me, hopping out of the car with with skinny wheels and going into the mushroom by the garage, the mudroom by the garage. She'd forgotten a book in the car or something. I knew this book, I get it. My friend was nodding excitedly. I was catching on. My mother saw my eyes acknowledging the tale as if it were happening right now. 
Only something happened when she ran out, my mother said. My heart sank. I watched the scene before it left my mother's lips. Why is the car backing up, I asked. I can't tell you. My friend ended up under the car, I asked while watching my friend walk away from me, through the kitchen, through the mudroom door. The trees were smaller then, they were now, and they swayed in the dusk. The red paint of the big car seemed to drip from beneath the rubble seat, spilling slowly around the skinny tires. My friend never came back. It was like she heard the story and that was enough. I missed her. I wanted my friend back. I asked her, I asked for her at night when the world was still, thinking the message might reach her more easily. Dear Flower Lady, the best way to avoid playing the violin is sitting high in a tree. Dear Flower Lady, I know everyone thinks I'm sneaky. Mostly I just want to be alone. Today in my sneakiness, I started writing notes and stuffing them on the shelves at the supermarket for people to find. It will be like a surprise for them. Dear Flower Lady, it wasn't until later in the year until the gravity hit. Was it the death of the foliage? Was it the harvest? Was it the thought of a permanent hibernation? It was as though, with the last leaf to fall silently to the earth, that she knew and winter, shunned, and winter stunned her. Stunned her heart. Dear Flower Lady, it started at Disneyland. Well, maybe it didn't start directly at Disneyland, but it was a ride that shrunk us into water and then into a tiny particle that my thoughts opened up. I was always reluctant of that ride because it left my mind, it left my mind explore enough to want to keep going. But then the ride was done and we would go back to the regular world with the people we were gliding by and the smell of butter popcorn on our way to the submarines. I didn't mind the submarines because you could just sit and think, 20,000 leagues below the surface. The transition between wanting to be alone with my thoughts and interacting with others has always been very difficult for me. It's like dropping oil in water. The questions that would always come are, what is smaller than an atom? Or how, how, how do they talk to each other? Did they use a form of echolocation? If I have DNA, does the atom have it as well? If DNA is a group of molecules, then they have to communicate in some way. Do they work like pictures or do they mirror thoughts? I remember, I remember, I remember my mother. I remember the feeling of her laugh. I remember the bracing of her cry. She still cries sometimes. It feels like a little alarm. I didn't know what this alarm was at first, but then I started following it. And it was almost like her atoms were talking to mine. So does that mean some of my atoms are with her? I never met her in person. I called these tiny atoms, the atoms, the atoms, atoms, rice. They move like dust particles in the ray of sunlight shining in from the windows. I often lay in those rays at home. The particles can hit one another, and sometimes it's like they trade secrets. They send a shadow of themselves through each other. So does that shadow contain a shadow of their thoughts? Does that shadow continue sharing communication with its originator, even though they are far apart from each other? I think yes. Dear flower later, lady, Later, I see you later. My English teacher didn't believe I was writing my own papers. I told him. I do write them. He told me to show him right now and write 500 words about what we read in class. But there were three other girls standing around his desk listening to the conversation. I wish I disappeared. I didn't read it, I said. 
and the girl started snickering. She does the same thing in science, one of the girls said, as if it needed to be stated. So I, so I wrote a poem story about what reading class instead of with my 500 words. My teacher says my writing surprises him because the ideas are far more complex than what I show in ways of my school reading level. Not my home and secret level. My spelling is also very phonetic, which I'm well aware of. I write one word a million times in different ways, trying to remember the rules. Just look at the word laugh. I spell it L-A-U-P-H. P-H sounds like an F. And the G-H is usually silent or can sound like an E-W. U. So, the word laugh doesn't follow the rules. It's a rule exception. Like I before E. Why does it matter if it's after a C or not? Because there are exceptions to that rule too. Anyway. I go to school now and hide in the bathroom stall instead of walking, as I usually do, as close to the lockers so I can hopefully disappear. I stay in the bathroom until the tardy bell rings and then go to my new class. I've been going three weeks now, and I cry inside my heart for several reasons, mostly because I'm ashamed of myself for being ashamed of myself. It's a class with kids that are retarded and can't talk or hold a pencil, but they are just trapped in a body and they can't help it. I'm ashamed of myself for feeling embarrassed, but now I really know I'm a dummy, and so does my brother. I want to make a correction there. Um, I read through it, but we'll just say disabled, okay? Leave it as disabled. He was even teasing about the note I left in the bathroom. So what I forgot, so what, I forgot the age in school. It sounded the same. My mom told him to be quiet. I could still hear them from my dad. When I wrote my poem for the teacher, one of the girls told me I was so full of crap, my eyes are brown. When I went home, I looked into the mirror, my brown eyes, and repeated the words. Then I had to go to swim practice. Sometimes I wish I were dust. I hate swimming too, into the dust. Dear flower lady, I told my mom I don't want to sit next to my dad at dinner anymore. She asked me why I would say such a thing. There was a lady next to us at the supermarket today, and she had two different shoes and two different socks and a droopy rainbow sweater. I could feel her next to me, and it made me feel weird. So I asked my mom if I could wait next to the door for her, and I thought, and I bought a piece of chocolate. And then I asked if we could have breakfast for dinner, because I like it when she makes breakfast for dinner. She said no. So I asked her maybe someday. She said maybe someday. We went to lunch and I was getting my salad and the lady from the supermarket came in and she sat by herself at her table. I kept looking at her. I couldn't eat my salad because I knew she was on the other side of the salad man place. I even had extra beets and sunflower seeds. It was like I was not in charge of myself and I walked to the lady's table and put my piece of chocolate by her plate and said, I just wanted you to have this, that's all. And her eyes were teary. I could eat my salad then. I love honey like the bees love the nectar. Greek, Sarcasian, to tear or to strip the flesh off. Why sar sarcasm hurts? It is, it is a teasing remark that someone thinks it's funny, but it actually hurts. It's a form of verbal abuse. Repeating snide when he comments hurts. It is caustic. It is hardly funny. It kills my hearts. But I have to pretend it is funny, or the stupid person keeps going and digging. The comments are real. The comments really hurt. I'm hurting inside, and I find my own words bite with the pain I feel just to make people leave me alone. Dear Flower Lady, there are jerks in the world. 
people who bully, people who hurt others. There was an evil queen in Snow White. There was a wicked witch in the land of Oz. There was a Darth Vader in Star Wars. They're part of the story. Dear Flower Lady, quiet. Complexity amplifies several graces eloquence. The same quiet can mean almost calculating, ignoring pain. Like preparing a recipe for pies, preserves, and bread. Timing is important, and silence can be a place of powerful healing. Because I'm trapped, because I'm trapped inside my head, if I could just communicate with what is in my head rather than words, the stuff in my head is like poetry. It amazes me sometimes to hear it. It is full like the harvest moon. It sprouts as the sunflower seeds, absorbing me like the mist upon the shore. And the words sail away before I could share them. When I swim, I'm not racing the other kids. I'm only chasing the escape. Dear Flower Lady, here's a dream I had. Bright was the sky with a warming sun. And through the mist is when it began. Dry grasses swayed, acting as fuel. Flint and steel were the main tool. A billow of smoke was set up above. And soon it was cast dark like a glove. Here it was trickery, the sea and the coast. As much as it tried, they refused to hot roast. They refused the hot roast. The mountains, however, invited the flame, and the winds were right there to join the game. To them, it was fun, the speed and the heat. Through the valleys they raced, the hills were feet. Weeks added up, the miles they grew, until one day it was finally through. Ashes and dust, the wood on the ground. The trees were quite silent, barely a sound. Winter soon came, soon came, bringing the cold. The ground was still parched by the stories they told. There it was, and soon it was blackened. The clouds overheard, and their spouse, well, they opened. Gently at first, the plants were most grateful, their colors returned, and the hills smiled as they grew playful. What fun this has been since the clouds of the coast. Let's continue the water. Let's give them the most. On it went, the rain and the wind. And every tree is seen in its spin. The grounds were so full, they popped like a tick. Over the roads they went heavy and thick. People were stuck. There was no way to go home. There was no way to home. And the rivers raged wild, sitting north the poor nose. It was here that I walked, quiet and calm, listening to the earth. Dear Flower Lady, I think there may be a reason we cannot see our own faces without, without a mirror. I believe we are not meant to focus on ourselves superficially. We are part of the canvas. When there isn't a mirror, we, we can talk into a room and forget ourselves. But the mirror people tend to fuss about their hair. They apologize for how they look. They worry about their clothes. They become a thing. Imagine if mirrors were actually windows to the landscape outside with the earth and trees, with the lunar moths and butterflies and the apple trees, with the rains and lightning, and the sun kissing the horizon. If that was what people saw in the mirror, they would feel beautiful. They would feel part of life, part of the hub. There is a reason we don't see our own faces, because we are already beautiful. We are already part of life. To your flower lady. 
I wonder what uh, I wonder what determined life. I do not believe what Darwin said. I believe he was wrong on several accounts. But because others cannot prove otherwise, they teach it like fact. Life is so much deeper. I agree in survival of the fittest, but some of his thoughts on evolution are incorrect. My guess is in about 70 years, it will be challenged. There will be changes in our global environment, but not from what they are trying to tell us about the impending global ice age due to hairspray. Whatever the change is, it will alter the animal populations. The plants are going to change. Our oceans will be practically empty of life. The Great Barrier Reef and Molokoli Islands Reef will be practically dead. We will find that there were more types of humanoids than we think there, there were. We will find out people have been around a lot longer than we think. That there was intelligence, similar to what we have now. But the tools developed as resources as experimentation progressed. But I think our Earth is just like us, but on a much larger scale. It goes through cycles. I know this is gross. But I think about a girl having her monthly. The Earth is the girl. The first few days of the month, she's okay. Then she gets a ton of energy and can concentrate really well. Then she gets to feeling sluggish and her face breaks out. Then all of a sudden, boys are looking cute to her. Then she gets small hot flashes, then cramps and chills, and then big hot flashes. And she flushes herself and wanting to go into hibernation. And she feels cold and chilly with heat waves. Then she comes out of it and it starts all over again. So, what if she was the Earth? All these changes in weather are what are supposed to happen. Monthly, seasonally, yearly, by the decade, by the century, by the millennium. I will bet my bottom dollar, if I had a dollar, that the Earth has cooled down before and that it's going to heat up. It's obviously got so cold we had an ice age. And before that, it was so warm, it was extremely tropical. We find buried extinct animals. So what makes us believe our species cannot go extinct? If hairspray is killing us, and if fumes from cars are killing us, which are obviously not good for us because it can kill us, then wouldn't we be like, excuse me, then wouldn't we be like a parasite on the planet? The Earth is going to shed us, just like the girl, on, just like the girl during her monthly. The girl still lives. But the egg she had didn't. Just think of the amount of blood it takes to shed one tiny microscopic cell. That means the Earth will be shedding other plants and animals to get rid of the, get rid of the human, at least the human as we know it. So that means all this stuff saying we are ruining the Earth, is it right? Yes, we are ruining it. The Earth will be okay. She is just going through her cycle, and she is just going to shed the surface layer and start again. Dear Flower Lady, If I really could become a nun, I should have read the Bible. Should I have read the Bible? Should I have to go along them in order to spend time helping people? I'm truly selfish. I am a truly selfish being. And really deserve no better than the next. May my heart be humbled and my mind taught as to what love is fully. May the days, no matter how long or short, be not wasted on greed, but in the breath of my being, around my being. Should my selfish acts hurt others? May my final days on this earth be in humility? Or should those or should those hurt by being known know my meanings for all intent, for ill intent? But blinded through avoidance. My self-created mode. Dear Flower Lady, 
In a flash of a dream, it came to me. The time is still unknown. For my arms are ripped from me. The greatest love I've known. Dear flower lady, depth is unchanging as it is in constant motion. Like the sea, it moves with the storms and stills with the calm, and it can be both at the same time, at the same on different shores. If we're not actually solid, that means we're more of an illusion, which means life is an illusion, and we are all connected. Dear flower lady, they say insanity is seen through the color blue, that the mind finds blue stimulating enough to calm itself. When I look at blue, it is one of the most complex colors. This complexity is why the color is favored. It has so many shades. One of the most famous examples of blue is through a painter called Picasso. I read it was insane because of something called schizophrenia. This condition is a broken link between thoughts, emotions, and reality. According to what was written about him, his blue period was triggered by the suicide of his friend. He was already a bit, a bit of a thinker. And that, this event, caused a serious reaction within his already altered mind. Working with the blue spectrum, he was able to lose his pain. It was lost to the woman with folded arms who spoke through the woman whose eyes seemed blind. In those paintings, you can feel him. You can feel the pure spirit who was trapped in a body and was crushed. It is not that blue is the color of insanity, but it is the color that can distract it for a moment of peace. After all, isn't that what we all seem to be after? Peace? Dear Flower Lady, there it was, a hidden sun, a mist beneath the branches. To where the whispers of the wind masked the fairies' glances, traces marked a woodline path strolling the tune of nigh. Rest a ring of toadstools still, might magic imply. <clears throat> Dear Flower Lady, my poetry journal is lost. I left it under a log. I hope the person who finds it knows it was written for them, whoever they are. Dear Flower Lady, why is it that we rush to finish? We race and rush life as if it were going somewhere. But really, the only place it is going is towards our always untimely death. Why don't we learn from the birds or the lounging tree frog that life is an experience to save It reminds me of my dad and his stories of Vietnam. He was in hell. He doesn't talk much about the hell, but he was there. He goes around sometimes at night hiding from the enemy. Both sides in that jungle. We're doing what they needed to stay alive. But in hearing conversations he has when people ask him about his thoughts, he always says something that strikes a chord within me. When the rains came, you could have never seen so much water. And when they stopped, the music of the jungle came to life. Or his tiger story. That is one of my favorites. Of course, as I got older, he added that the tiger actually tripped a wire. He had his platoon rigged to warn them of the Viet Cong. And they were scared, and they held in breaths, and they instantly got ready to fight. He doesn't like war. I can tell it still rages within his soul. The fear and the adrenaline, and he does what he can to quiet those monsters. That is probably why he sinks further and further into the dark spaces, and has affairs, and spends money, and lashes out. He is tumbling, but has nothing to hold on to, so he races toward an unknown destination looking for peace. Dear Flower Lady, Nature's reflections of us shows, uh, shows us the canvas with it all. It doesn't isolate us. Nature's reflection in the water or on a window is inclusive. 
it shows us we're not isolated. We are the home. Dear Flower Lady, I cannot say for certain that I'm heartless, but most definitely lost. I don't connect well with others, as they seem to be able to. I care for them, but I see life like I'm hovering above and I can't do it. I seem to do that often too, or maybe I'm just looking too close. The leaves, flowers, bugs, and birds. The eyes and expression and movements show me things and others that I wish I could help, but I don't know how. So I become paralyzed and don't know what to say or do. It's a helpless feeling. Dear Flower Lady, in many ways, wisdom comes with quiet. Wisdom has nothing to prove to anyone. It does not lecture in halls, correct the wrong, or command attention. Wisdom allows the world to progress. It understands our lives as part of something grander. And it understands there is a meaning beyond, beyond our comprehension. Wisdom is quiet. It is the fight of the eagle, the babbling brook, the ancient tree. It is not wielding a gun, hiding in the shadows. It is not manipulating or attacking. It is not teasing or taunting. Wisdom is the intense division of the cell, the fluidity of molecular life, the jump of lightning, the course of the sea, the melody of the whale song. Last one, guys. Dear Flower Lady, everyone has different skills. Everyone has different understandings, and they can be different because they have their way they experience things. Even if we are all in the same place at the same time, we all experience it just a bit differently. We all share something in common. The same thing all life shares, and that is uncertainty. uncertainty. The understanding that no matter how much we think we know, we actually don't know. So, where can we find consistency? Where can we find settlement to structure? We don't. Nothing stays in place no matter how much someone wants it to. Nothing ever ends as planned. Even the Earth's ground shifts. Trails and pathways crack. Landscapes change. Foundations alter even below our feet. The constant we can find on a path to peace is also flexible and resides within our own bodies. This is our spirit. Our bodies are unpredictable. They are changing every moment altering towards its demise. And we can't stop it. No matter if we work out a million hours a day or just be a bump on the log, it is still evolving like the seasons of the year. It's okay that we don't have consistently consistency. Sorry, It's okay that our plans change. The hard part is when we start walking on the path and expect it to be there just as we planned. Because when we start expecting it to be just so, then we get let down and frustrated. That's why, in the back of your mind, a plan B, C, and D should already should be ready to, to step forward. Then it will be like a junction in the train tracks, and you take the detour. Sunning on the boulder. All right, guys, that's it for this weekend. We will continue next Sunday at 6 p.m. Pacific. And I hope you guys enjoy this read as much as I did. I love reading poetry. I haven't done it in years, so it's been kind of like a challenge for me to read the poetry. But I want to thank everybody for coming. And let me get on my pages here so I know where I'm at. Okay. I really appreciate it. Again, if you like what you heard tonight, please hit, please tap that screen. Hit those like buttons. And uh, if you like what you heard, please share it with five people. If you didn't, you can share it with five of your enemies. Equal opportunity here. We're just trying to get the word out about California haunts and uh, what we're doing. And I really appreciate it. Tomorrow I will be back, but I won't be on TikTok. Tomorrow I'll be over, over, over on the YouTube site for you guys on TikTok. 
That's youtube.com forward slash at California Hunts Radio. And we're going to be interviewing Byron Lacey, and he is a lifelong UFO abductee. And he's, he's got a fascinating story to tell, and that is going to kick off our, our space week. So uh, come on over tomorrow, 6.30 p.m. Pacific, and I'll see you there, okay? For now, I'll see you later, TikTok. Have a great evening, and ciao. Okay, for you guys over here, my usual crowd, thank you very much. And again, if you like what you heard, please leave a you know, thumbs up, happy face, or whatever. And again, if you haven't done so already, please... Um, if you haven't done so already, please leave a, uh, I mean, please, I'm sorry, I'm just really tired, I'm not feeling right. Please uh, follow, subscribe, or, you know, and uh, join us up. we got some great things coming. Again, tomorrow I'll be back, 6.30 p.m. Pacific, uh, with with uh, Byron Lacey, and we're going to be talking UFO and contactees, okay? So I'll see you guys tomorrow. Have a great evening, and let me get a up here and see you.